Hi, are you sick and tired of paying hundreds of dollars a month for cable or dish? GNR TV is your answer. These guys have an incredible 100% legal product that is a cord cutter's dream. For as low as $25 a month, you will get over 400 HD channels, including all major sports packages, pay-per-views, premium movies, and entertainment. To get started, all you need is a streaming device, such as an Amazon Fire Stick, internet, and a desire to save a ton of cash. No contracts, no credit checks, no hidden fees. I myself have been a subscriber, and I must say, this service is amazing. To learn more, search GNR TV on Facebook or Instagram, and I will also be posting a link on my pages to check out on my podcast website. Lastly, for first-time subscribers, use promo code SIRS30 to save $5 for your first month. GNR TV, streaming done right. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of almost all ages, with parental consent, the Sick Twisted Minds at Sacrificial Pond Productions brings you a new style of horror film, like nothing you've seen before. There are no cops, no investigations. There is no backstory, no follow-up of the victims who are brutally tortured and murdered. Our story isn't about them. Normal terror is about a single dad struggling to make ends meet. His son is his first priority. He goes to work, pays his bills, and is generally a great dad. The twist comes after he puts his son to bed. This is where he releases his stress. Some people do yoga, some hit the gym, some go for runs, some people paint on a canvas. An anonymous source once wrote on an abandoned asylum wall, I never understood people until I took one apart just to see how it worked. If you are rear-ended in traffic, most people's thought runs to anger and their primal instincts of hurting the other party. Sam Neill does not have the ability to stop that primal instinct. Let us take you into the mind of a killer. Normal Terror is a concept from the mind of Sam Mason, who wrote, directed, produced, and is starring in this New Age feature film. Let's get slicing and dicing with Sir Sturdy Horror fans. On this podcast, you will hear me and a guest do some movie reviews, random funny horror chats, and whatever else comes to mind. So tune in, kick back, relax, and always remember... I'll see you in your nightmares. Well, this station's mask. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I have another awesome, amazing guest. James Sweet, how's it going? Good, how are you doing, man? I'm good, man, and I'm just going to jump right into it. I see you and your team are making another fan-made, another, I'm just saying another fan-made film just in general. Jason Rising, a Friday the 13th fan-made film, which I did watch the trailers, and I was just like, wow, loved them. I love the take. Awesome. I like how you guys, now if I'm not mistaken, forgive me if I'm mistaken, there's thieves that... I don't know who or what they steal from, but they go pretty much go to Camp Crystal Lake, and they're in for a big surprise. That's Voorhees. Different. Oh, film. sorry, sorry. Which, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I know I just watched it. What's okay? Can you explain yours then? <laughs> well, ours is about uh, 
some fugitives from the uh, Wessex County Corrections Farm that that escape, and they end up on their escape route, having to go through Camp Crystal Lake, and okay. they're tracked by some fugitive recovery marshals, U.S. marshals, and uh, local police officer Pete Daltrey, and they think that they're the ones who are in charge of the hunt when they find out otherwise. Yep. See, now I did see that. I just got them mixed up because it's they're not the same, but kind of similar in a sense with the right. criminals going to that area. But now, so is Jason your favorite slasher? Is that why yes. you guys? Okay. Absolutely. Mine too. <laughs> I was gonna say, is that why you guys went with that? And then, um, so what got you got what got you into making movies? Well, I started out. Um, I, I was a musician for a long time in my younger days, and I started doing haunts as well. I was a haunter for a number of years, and eventually became an actor, okay. and became a union member for the for the SAG and got some roles on a few television shows. Oh, that's cool. And worked in some film. And I just, I always had the desire to to be the creative side of it rather than um, in front of the camera. I, I've always loved the idea of being behind the camera and, mm -hmm. and writing and producing. And, and on this one, I'm directing. But, uh, but yeah, I've just, I've always had, an, you know, a love for Friday the 13th ever since I started doing haunts and I was uh, middle school days. Mm -hmm. So it was just, it was always my first, you know, first go-to as far as if I was going to do something like this, this would be it. I got you there. Now, is there a reason why Jason is your favorite? I mean, besides the fact that he's the best? You know, I think it's just one of those things where Jason was probably the one that always scared the shit out of me. Okay, I like that. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street, I, I, I loved Elm Street. Um, Halloween, I, I love Halloween, but it was just something about Jason that always just scared the scared the crap out of me. I, you know, was, that's I've always said that it's my teenage Frankenstein. <laughs> um, you know, growing up, that was always the one. I, I remember in uh, middle school, mm -hmm. we used to have uh, art class. I believe it was seventh grade, and I made a uh, a paper mache hockey mask oh. in art class and wore it for my Halloween costume. That's awesome. And uh, I mean, it you know looked terrible, but it it didn't matter. It was I was I got to be Jason. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I loved it ever since I was you know twelve years old. So. Yep. See, I I get that though. For me, I think the biggest reason why I like Jason a lot is. When I was a kid, USA Network, Friday the 13th, that's what they played all day and night. Well, for the whole weekend was the Friday the 13th movies. Mm -hmm. And so it was the most familiar to me as far as getting into horror. I've seen it probably more than any other horror movie I've ever seen as far as going through that whole franchise. And I'm just like, I loved it. Like, I looked forward to it. I look on the calendar as a kid, like, when's the next Friday the 13th? Oh, boom, it's just perfect. And it's summer, perfect. Perfect. I can watch right. this all day. And it just went from that to, you know, growing up in... As an adult now, I still love it, still have the same love for it, maybe even more, because you understand it more. And you get to see the documentaries, you get a few behind-the-scenes things, and you get to meet the, like, I've gotten to meet the actors of some some of the movies. Like, I got to, um, 
this past October, I was on a panel at a con called Scaracon, and I was on there with the, who was it? Tina, mm-hmm. the doctor, and what was his name in the movie? The Jean Jacket. Jean Jacket. I forgot. I'm <laughs> the the main guy. Um, Are you talking about uh, Tom Matthews? No, 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 not Tom Matthews. Wait. He was. It was part seven. You know, Tina with the telekinesis. Oh, okay. Rob was his name in the, in the his movie. Character name. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. I believe his real name is Kevin. Oh, Nick. Sorry, Nick. Nick was his name in the in the film. Yes. Yep. But I got to be on a panel with them, me and a couple of my friends, and that was just. I mean, like, I never thought that that would happen. I'm like, wow, I just, I mean, I, obviously as a kid, when we were kids, there was no such thing as podcast. There was no such thing as the internet, let alone podcast, right. <laughs> let alone podcasting. But then as an adult, I'm just like, this is cool just to go to a cons. And I went from that to me taking my podcast to a con and you get a free table. Like when you take your podcast, you get a free table, you get two free passes, but they want you to do a couple panels. And I'm like, sign me up where do i you know where do i sign of course i want to do panels and you know like they let you they let you pick out the ones like hey which one did you want to do the most and they'll go from there and i got i think my first choice was nightmare on elm street and that's only because my brother's a huge fan and he's not out he's out in colorado so i'm gonna do it for him and friday the 13th was on there i just picked a bunch of them and they're like, okay, well, somebody else wants to do Nightmare on Elm Street, but Friday the 13th is open. I was like, well, you know what? That's my favorite franchise. It's my favorite movie, so I'll do it. <laughs> Sign me awesome. up for that one. Oh, that's but great. Have you, have you guys done any cons, or do you plan on doing any cons if you haven't? No, honestly, we haven't done anything like that yet. We've been, you know, just focused on getting this film made, and mm-hmm. it, it gets busy when you're, when you're running these campaigns as well. Um, so that's, you know, winding down, and now we're getting into shooting mode again. Oh, that's starting next week. Um, so it's just it's been busy, and we only have, you know, a few, a few major ones out here. We have Rose City Comic Con. Uh, I know Wizard World comes out. I think that's a little bit later in the year, and uh, I think there's one other one, but uh, I haven't had a chance to get out to any of them yet, but. Most likely, Rose City Comic Con will be there at least just to, you know, tooly around and people watch. Now, where are you guys from? We are up in the Portland and Washington area. Okay. Northwest. Okay. So I'm all the way in New York. But no, that's that's cool. That's real cool. I would love to see you guys at con. When you guys blow up, I would love to see you guys at a con out this way. Because I know it's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm hoping that we get an opportunity to go out and, you know, meet some meet some fans and meet some people that are into our film and everything, and it'd be great. Do, it's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Now, is it going to be a YouTube release, too, or do you go in straight yeah, to it, movie? Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a Union New Media project, so mm-hmm. it will go uh, straight to YouTube, obviously. Um, we'll try to get it in some, uh, some festivals and, and run it where we can, um, and... Obviously, with the the blue the Blu-ray DVD parts and the DVDs yeah. have gone through the campaign, but yes, the plan is once once it's finished and our release date, we'll we'll be launching it on YouTube. Awesome, awesome! I I'll definitely be signed up for that. Now, do you guys have a <clears throat> do you guys have a date for a release date or not yet? Is it too soon? We have one in mind. We, we just haven't. Um, what we'll do is once we get through our principal photography stuff 
and we start getting into post-production. We'll let our backers know first. Okay. Kind of a, a perk for, you know, the, mm-hmm. all the campaign backers. Just let them know the release date first, and then we'll announce it. Um, I know we were, we were shooting for fall initially, but I think with, with time now, um, we're looking a little bit closer towards end of fall. Okay. fall beginning of of winter but we'll have an exact release date probably by the end of july okay oh that's good that's really good now i was i was asking that because there's a con i go to the same one i was actually talking about it's called Scarecon, and um i just found this out a few weeks ago they do they have two cons a year that i knew they have one in new england and they have one in rochester new york and the one that's in rochester new york now they have a film fest at this one and i was gonna say you know maybe you guys can submit it there if the time is right. It's like it'll be done like mid October. Or sorry, the con will be mid October. I want to say the weekend of the eighteenth, I believe, around that time. So I was gonna say you guys can submit it to them. I would get you, give you the guys info to submit it to him if it was done by then. But great, yeah, we were pushing for that. I I don't know. It just depends on post and everything and and how much we are. I guess our everybody's thought process on this is we didn't want to rush it oh if it takes a little longer we just want to make the best film we can and we didn't want to put ourselves into a situation where we're running out of time and we have Mm -hmm. to rush things we just want to take it as it comes and when it's ready it'll be ready and it'll be better for it i respect that as a fan i highly respect that instead of just getting it out there just to get it out there like why don't we take our time with this work out the little kinks that we know is in there and fix whatever we want to fix put it out great for the fans and for yourselves which is awesome yeah it, it, it'll i think you know people you know sometimes they were in this uh internet world now where everything's instant and we, yes you know we we think that we can get it right away and things are faster but with films and and things like this it just sometimes it takes a little bit extra time as well as planning schedules mm-hmm. it just it's tough it is tough trying to make one of these happen but it it's it's better for it and uh, i agree you know we've, we've done our second campaign run which did really well and that's also been one of the holdups as far as getting into production we were able to shoot enough stuff to get our trailers out and everything but uh but now we're we're getting ready to go into full-blown shoot mode so oh that's so ready cool. to rock that's so cool. Now, did you? How did you guys find the cast? Was it people you knew, or did you guys have like a casting call sort of thing? A lot of it's people I knew. Uh, these are actors that are friends of mine, and that's one of the things that I've always tried to. Not all of them are are people that I I know personally, yeah, yeah. but majority of them. Um, these people I've worked with before, and and you know, being a an actor, I know, you know the mm-hmm. friends that I've worked with, and some of them were in uh, one of the the first films that I produced and wrote. It was called Blood and Sugar, and, and a lot of these people were in that film as well. Blood and Sugar. Now, where can we find that? Um, that should be on YouTube. I'm going to have to look that uh, up. Blood and Sugar short film, I believe it is. I'm definitely going to have to check but that it, out. It was my, my learning experience, you know, how to how to be a filmmaker. So you got to just get your feet wet sometimes and oh, just yeah. make something. But so see... That was, 
That was my way to do it. From I now I haven't seen Blood and Sugar yet. I don't even know what it's about. I'm sure Blood and Sugar. I'm guessing. I don't know. <laughs> but no, what I'm <laughs> what I'm getting at is how you're saying uh, just to get your feet wet. But it'll be cool to watch that, and then watch the Jason Rising film just to see how much you've grown as a director, and you can just for yourself. But again, me as a horror fan, I'm like wow, he went from this to this, which is amazing. So I I gotta watch it. I gotta watch any of of your work horror related especially i gotta see thanks yeah no it we we enjoyed it it's, it was kind of a fun little dark twist on alice in wonderland okay with uh, a cross between limitless and uh it's got a very dark tone to it um it's about illuminati uh made design drug that uh basically chains changes your uh your physiology mm-hmm and it's for the it's made by the elite um out of the elite bloodline mm-hmm. and dan kyle who plays jason um played ghost which he's an illuminati hitman and it, it's got a, a a real dark tone to it which is what i've moved into jason rising as well it has, has a very dark tone um because we've been really not trying to do any campy or anything like that we want to make a horror film yeah yeah and we want to um keep with that so you know all the things that we've been doing between blood and sugar and jason rising definitely has the same type of dark vibe that you know i'm Mm -hmm. into i know carl winery he he loves that dark tone as well and so that's we're just it's a it's a extension of us as creators so that's that's really cool and not to change the well, it's not really change the subject because it's about Jason. But I see a Jason thing behind you, over your shoulder. Oh. I keep staring at, it. I keep looking at it, and I'm trying to figure <laughs> out which little, one it's from. It's my little part five figure. Okay, I think yes, part five. It's the only one I still have in the box. All the rest of them are out on display. So. But now, okay, what did you feel about part five? Speaking since that's right behind you. Well, part five. Um, first. Friday Thirteenth film I was able to see in the in the in the theater when I was a kid. Okay. Um, my favorite is has been Part Four, final chapter, but um, that was the one that I saw in the theater for the first time. And I, you know, when you're when you're that age and you're you're seeing this stuff, mm-hmm. you're you re, you love it regardless. You, oh, you love yeah. it. You know, it it was although we didn't have jason as our killer you know was the roy character we still had uh with the dream sequences an extension of ted white in Mm -hmm. a sense so and the fact that it opened up with Corey feldman as tommy jarvis and and that opening scene i loved it you know i love that stuff um that it was a fun movie i I respected the idea that they you, you know went with this guy impersonating jason in a sense um, I didn't think the story was, was terrible. And, you know, we, that's the one thing about Friday 13th that I love so much is that there's so many different incarnations of Jason and the stories that that's what makes it great being, you know, making a fan film is that we can kind of take it in our own direction. Yeah. And, and I think part five is a good example of that. I, I agree. 
I actually really did enjoy part five myself too. I I really liked all of them. Like my least favorite is probably my least favorites is Jason Goes to Hell and Jason X. But overall, I they're all fun movies. Like it's a movie. It's a series I can put on. Like any Friday the Thirteenth, nine times out of ten. That Friday, that weekend, I'm watching. I'll start from part one every single time and watch like the whole series all the way up to the new one. And I include Freddy vs. Jason in that. Wow. It's just a, it's a fun franchise to watch, and I remember when I first when it first came out on DVD. I don't even know how many years ago that was now. When it first came out on DVD, there was like a little box that you can get, and my brother and I we went to go get it from um, well, I believe it was Fye. Mm-hmm. Got that. We watched that whole thing. We got it that Friday. I think we went to this is before we started drinking alcohol. We were too young to drink alcohol, so we were either between eighteen and twenty, I'll say. <laughs> Went to the store, got some Red Bull, candy, soda, probably had some pizza or whatever, and we watched that whole series that weekend. It's all we watched <laughs> from, so, I'll say, sun up to sundown, pretty much. That's all we were watching in between sleeping and all that. And it's just, and I do it every year. Like, I don't, I'm, I might not necessarily watch every single movie, but I will start from part one and then just go to as far as I can. Like, my wife and I will do that now. And it's fun. It's a fun franchise. And I try to do that with a lot of horror franchises in general. Like, if I'm going to start from part one, I'm like, okay, if I'm going to start from part one, I might as well watch the rest of them. Why not? Just to see how I feel about them now and just, just to rewatch them, revisit them. And, hey, it's horror, so why not? Well, I, I remember, um, I know this isn't Friday 13th related, but when I was at that, that time period when I started growing up, you know, enjoying horror and, and living for horror mm-hmm. um the radio station put out a something in the newspaper this is when you had to check movie times in the newspaper yes still. we didn't have you know fandango or all that mm-hmm. um so they had this announcement and it was a very small little announcement and i remember my mother telling me about it and one of my best friends we 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 were the horror nerds we always hung ahead you know, it's where I learned about Evil Dead and mm-hmm. Elm Street and, and every every Texas Chainsaw Massacre, all that stuff growing up. And uh, the radio station put out an ad. What they were doing was it was a uh, – it was when Part 5, the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street came out. Okay. And what they were doing was was playing all of the movies in a row at the theater up until oh, Part 5. That's awesome. And we were like, well, this sounds cool. And so we, we went. My mom dropped us off at the theater, and we went. And during that time, it was a, it was a huge theater, too. And um, the theater was empty when we got there. It was finishing out Coming to America, I think, with Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. And there was nobody there. Nobody was in the theater except my friend and I. And we were sitting in perfect seating we were just like huh he goes i'll be right back i'm gonna grab something from you know get something to drink it's popcorn i'm like all right a few minutes later he comes running down the alley goes holy crap man you gotta there's a huge amount of people out there the the theater was so full they had people standing in the aisles wow it was a a blast i mean they were they had guys dressed like freddie coming in they were giving away prizes it was an amazing night and to sit there for that many hours 
from 7 p.m. until I think it got out around 2 in the morning mm -hmm. at the movie theater. And watching all these movies with all these fans was an incredible experience. I'll oh. never forget it. That, see, that's that's really, really cool. Um, yeah, it was fun. I've never seen anything like that happen again, but I enjoyed it. It was great. I, get, I didn't get a chance to experience anything like that as far as the movies, but I did get to see Nightmare on Elm Street, the original one, in theaters this past winter, actually, because they had something special. I think it was all the Regal Cinema Theaters. They mm -hmm. had something going on for the 35th anniversary, I want to say. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing about it is when you go to the movie, for, well, where I'm at, there was a snowstorm, so it was dead in the theater. But they were doing like old, instead of having, you know, $75 for one ticket, they were only about eight or nine bucks, maybe a little cheaper. Like the old school, even the popcorn was cheap. Like they're doing like the old old school prices as far as, you know, affordable, so you can go in there, right. take your date, take your wife or whatever. And my wife and I went to go see that, and it was just, I've never got to see it on a big screen. I was born in 85, so I wasn't, I wasn't going to be able to see it on a big screen then. But right. it was just so amazing seeing that movie on the big screen. I was just like, wow. And I thought to, I told her, I know I thought to myself, I was like, you know what would be so amazing is if they had a theater that all they showed was classic horror movies. I feel, and I, me personally, as a horror fan, just being in the horror community more as far as with this podcast, being in horror groups on Facebook and going to all these cons, I know it would make a lot of money because it would bring out a lot of fans as far as new fans, old fans, going to see whatever, like say, go, say going to see The Thing in theaters, going to see Jaws in theaters, Friday the 13th in theaters, like the original movies, and that would be awesome. Well, see, they need a, a haunted house-themed movie theater where you can go in and just all the all the different screens are showing horror. Boom. There you go. There it is. <laughs> four or five different screens next, showing next four or five venture. different movies. And I, re I really do feel it would be a good – for some, if you can afford to, you know, take out the money to have yourself – to build that theater or buy a theater, I think something like that would do well. And, you know, oh, yeah, you don't great. even have to have, like – the top-notch, up-to-date theater things, you can have more of the old-school feel with it, too. Obviously cleaner, you know, newer, but still have the old-school feel to it, but it doesn't have to be 3D, whatever the hell they do now. All that other stuff they do now. Right. It doesn't need to be right. all that. And I really feel a lot of people would go, like, hey, I want to go see Army of Darkness in theaters right now. <laughs> and I would go see it. Yeah. No, that's awesome. So, um, all right, I got one for you. Who or what got you into horror, and what's the first movie that really scared the shit out of you? Like, damn, this is scary. Um, well, the the person that I was telling you about who I went and saw that uh, run of Elm Street at the theater with, mm -hmm. him and I were really good friends, and he, when I first really understood what Jason was, he was a... Uh, he drew a lot of pictures of Jason. He kind of knew what it was before I did. And I hadn't even seen the, the movies yet because I was too young. And uh, he started sketching out pictures of Jason. And I'm like, what? what is that? I like it. I don't know what it is. He goes, oh, it's Jason. I'm like, Because oh. I had heard people, we went to outdoor school in sixth grade. And I, you know, when you're at the campground and you're little and, you know, some kids are, they're familiar with what mm -hmm. Jason is and Friday the 13th. And, and I just wasn't familiar with the characters yet mm -hmm. and uh i remember them all a lot of them were scared at night jason he's he's out there you know and i'm like i don't even know what that is so i wasn't really scared about it but i was intrigued i was like hmm, what is this jason dude 
And he started drawing pictures of this stuff, and that's when I started getting to it and learning about it. And I, I honestly, I would think that, you know, I, I, as a seventh grader, I would come home because your parents aren't around. You, you know, you sit on the couch with your VHS, and I watched. I, I remember watching the final chapter over and over again. Mm-hmm. And that always, just whatever Ted White was doing, scared the crap out of me. Yep. So. That's um, awesome. That definitely one of my, as far as incarnations of Jason, that was the scariest for, for me. Okay. Okay. See, me, the f- I don't remember the first horror movie I've seen. I know I got into it young. Maybe around, between five and seven was the age. And my older, one of my older brothers and like my older cousins and all that, they were... At the time, they were really in the horror, just watching movies in general, but at that time, they were really in the watching horror movies. And this is back when, you know, you go out and actually have to go out and rent a movie and get it on VHS. I know oh, a lot yeah. of you kids that are listening to this podcast don't know what that is. Be kind and rewind. Yes, please be kind and rewind. And real quick, do you remember when some people would have the uh, the automatic rewinders on top of their TVs? Take it out the VCR, pop have it in mine. there? That's awesome. I still have mine. That's awesome. <laughs> but, um... The first movie that I remember scaring me was Creep Show Part Two, The Hitchhiker. Thanks for the ride, lady. Like Thanks for the ride, lady. I was so scared of this movie. That you know, that little skit from the movie, whatever you want to call it. No, yeah, the movie, the anthology. That I had to ask one of I don't know if it was my brother or one of my cousins. I had to have them walk me to the bathroom to go use the bathroom and make sure they stood out there until I came I was done and then came back and watched the finished watching the movie. That's the funny thing about horror is like It'll damn near literally scare the shit out of you, and you're still go- you still want more. Like that's, and I've been liking it. I've loved it ever since. And now I'm a bigger fan with it than they are. They don't watch it as much as I do. Like they'll go. Some of them, I know my brother will at least, but they'll go watch like the newer stuff. But they won't watch something crazy like Thanks Killing, something weird and out there like Thanks Killing or you know, mm-hmm. something. Ooh, like the B rated. I'll say like a B rated movie. Or, yeah, just something weird. (laughs) Like, why are you watching this? I'm like, it's it's a horror movie. Why not? Well, I look at it like this. When when we watch a comedy, Mm -hmm. we want to laugh. Yes. When we watch an action movie, we want the adrenaline rush. Yes. When we watch a horror movie, we want to be scared. I mean, that's why we do it, Mm -hmm. right? So, that's... I remember... um, one of the films that terrified me as a little kid, I think I was in fifth grade when I saw it, and it's, and it's really goofy and, and corny now, but um, it, was a, it was a very low-budget zombie film called Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things. Oh, I got to see it. Never heard of it. And I, I, see it. I remember this was my first, uh, I guess, introduction to zombies and, and you know, the living dead, mm-hmm. and it terrified the shit out of me as a as a little little kid you know and and it was about uh, these actors that go out and they play this trick on some friends on they're on this secluded island out in new york and it, there's this house there in the cemetery and they dug up the the uh the person that was in the grave and replaced it was somebody else who was dressed like a zombie but they do this strange witchcraft occult mm-hmm. chant in think you know playing the trick that they're trying to raise the dead 
and then the guy pops out and scares the crap out of their friend. But what they did was they actually did raise the dead Ooh. throughout the entire cemetery, and they're stuck on this island, and it was pretty cool. And then what, what scared the crap out of me the most was the fact that the zombies got onto their boat after they were all dead and started heading towards the inland, the city. Oh, okay. So that always, like, that little ending bit always scared the the bejesus out of me because I'm like, they're they're coming. Yep, they're, yep. They're on the mainland now. So as a little kid, you know, your imagination goes crazy. I was just going to say that. As a kid, your imagination goes wild, which makes, I guess you can say it makes horror a little bit more fun in a sense if you're not too scared of it, but if, you're just, if you have that little imagination, like, uh-oh, mom, the right. zombies are coming. She's like, what are you talking about? Shut up. They're not real. <laughs> Yeah. Like, look, I just seen them on a boat going to New York. We live in New York. But, yeah. Exactly. It's, it's what it is with horror, too, what I love, and I say this all the time, is it's, you can, horror can go in literally any direction. Like, you can have comedy horror. I'm sure you can have a romantic horror. You can have gore horror, paranormal, anything. And people are going to watch it. I don't feel you can do that with any other genre of a movie as far as, like, yeah, you have the rom-coms, but that gets boring after a while. Those are like You watch those one time, and then that's it. A horror comedy, you could watch that. How many times have you seen Army of Darkness? I'm sure you've seen that quite a few times. Yeah, quite a few times. You know what I mean? And um, Yeah. Another thing with horror, I'll say, I'll just bring, I always bring up Thanksgiving. I love that movie. I watched the movie with a killer turkey. A lot of horror fans are going to say, I want to see that. Why? I don't know why we're, we're like that, but like, I'm intrigued. I want to see that. Now, I if like you're the, the one with the tire, oh, rubber. I, I do want rubber. to see that. I heard about it. I posted on Facebook. I did not watch it yet. I have to get my hands on that and watch it. That's great. But the funny thing is, again, now say Marvel was like, okay, we're going to come out with a movie with a superhero turkey or a superhero tire. People are like, why? Why am I even going to waste my time watching something like that? Because right. well, horror, it's more fun. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny. It, it Horror does not. Not that Marvel does, but horror has does not have to make sense at all, and that's what's funny about horror. The like, what as a horror fan, what questions some weird things like, how did he how did he get up from that? Like Jason, for example, like how did he get up from getting shot ten times? And you're like, that's what you're questioning. You're not questioning how he drowned as a kid and he's an adult now. But this is right. what's bo- this is what's really bothering you. Yeah, but it's I don't know, I just love it. I feel it's definitely my favorite genre. I mean, I made a podcast for it. I feel like it's the best genre, hands down. And I like how it's. I love and hate how it's becoming more popular in a sense because I love it because I feel like it deserves the credit that it's getting. But I don't because I don't want it to be watered down like everything else is. Well, things have definitely changed as far as uh, what you can see now, and mm-hmm. you know, in terms of regulations for. The type of blood that you see, yep. can you can you show this type of kill, that type of kill? That's all changed. So, in, in a sense, as a filmmaker, you know you have a little more freedom, and especially with the internet, um, there are restrictions, but not like there was, you know, back in the day when they really. That's why you get all these cutaway shots for the kills. And mm-hmm. It's it's you see the hack down, but you don't see the res, You know, you only see the aftermath and and not. Yeah. Actual, you know, yep. I mean, there's there's a few things that you could see, like a throat slice or something like that. But um, there, you know, there's all those little rules and, and regulations of how the blood can splatter and how much it, it's bizarre stuff. But um, yeah, that's the one good thing about 
this time period is that we don't have a lot of that anymore. Oh, I I agree with you hundred percent on that. And another thing, back when you're saying how the, like they a lot of the kills are off scenes, a great example of that is the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I remember reading about that, and um, because I did a podcast on it, and they're saying pretty much for them to have the blood that they wanted into it, they'd have to make it rated X. Which I'm like, rated right. X? That's when I think of rated X, I'm not thinking of a horror movie. I'm thinking of a whole different kind of movie. I'm not thinking right. horror at all. Right. But I get, I mean, for its time, I understand it. But I will say this, for that movie, and probably for a lot of older movies, the off-screen kills and stuff kind of worked for it. Because mm-hmm. it gave you... I mean, I, I after I read it, I've looked back at it, I'm like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. It gave you that sense of, like, what the hell, kind of. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I mean, I love it. <laughs> I love. Well, I, there, I I remember that when Texas Chainsaw Massacre came out in the theaters, that was around the same time that Aliens came out too. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I remember they they on the radio they talk about it and they're like, oh man, talking about this heavy rating. And then after you watch it, you're like, oh, that wasn't so bad. I don't even. You know, think- I mean, it was it was cool, but it wasn't yeah. like this this really nasty horrible thing that they made it out to be you know yep, it was a good yep. film i agree and i i could be wrong but i don't even think that got, movie got an r rating if i'm not mistaken yeah because it was that's all they needed really yeah and i don't even think it got that which i'm like na- nowadays if that horror if that movie would have came out right now but the way it was shot as far as with little to no blood and stuff people would i don't think people would like it because of what we have out now. Right. But, you know, it came out at the right time. And it just, it, set, it did set a tone. I will say that. It set a tone. And, as a matter of fact, that's another great franchise. I got to watch a few of the other ones. But I love the original of that. And I loved, what was it, the remake 2013? Or was it 2000? No, 2003. I feel like that was, like, one of, out of all the horror remakes I've seen, I feel like that was probably one of the best ones, if not the best. Even better, and, I, even, and I, I hate to admit this, but even better than Friday the 13th remake from 09. I liked it. I even loved it, you could say, but I just, I went to see it twice in theater, so I did really enjoy it. But after watching it a few times, I wish it was more serious, less jokey, darker, and had the 80s feel to it. Like, you know, you know, had that 80s feel just because that's what, Friday, to me, that's what Friday the 13th is. It has that 80s feel. And I understand they, you know, they want to do something a little bit different, but I just felt like for that remake, I think it would have done a whole lot better. And hey, it was fun though. It was a fun movie. The kills, as always, were amazing. Had one of one of my favorite kills, not my favorite, but the upside down sleeping bag kill on fire. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, the barbecue. Yeah. Would you? How how did you feel about that movie? Um, I'm I'm pretty much on the same page with you on that i you know i think they had a missed opportunity Mm -hmm. you know they could have when you have a budget like that and you have this studio backing you know you have a lot of ways to go with that and i think they really missed the mark in some areas granted i a lot of people loved it Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that their biggest mistake was trying to use the same formula of, you know, the Paramount stuff and yeah. 
and also people going camping out in the woods and I mean, I, I I thought Derek Mears did a great job as far as his uh, his portrayal of Jason. I I wasn't a big fan of look, mm-hmm. but um, like like yourself, I'm I don't see why we have to really distance ourselves from the original series as much as we have as far as the appearance goes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so that being said, I I think. There was some good stuff in it, but I think they missed the mark on it. I think they could have done they they had a good opportunity to really do something great, and I, I don't think they hit it. I yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Like I said, the kills were great. The kills are always great. They never disappoint with the kills in those movies. But I just feel they should have, like you said, more gear more towards how the originals were. Like with um, great example is the new it how they had that. Yeah, the '80s feel. All you seen was stuff from the eight. They should have just did that with Jason, and I feel like it would have been a lot better. And less like I don't mind if there's a little bit of comedy in any type of horror movie, because right. even in Friday the Thirteenth there were some funny moments from the originals even, but it wasn't like throughout. Like I felt like with the new one it was like throughout the movie here and a little too much more. And I feel Jason is more of a serious kind of character now with Nightmare on Elm Street or with Chucky, perfectly fine because that's how those movies go. All right. But with Jason, it's with Jason. I'll say with Jason and with Halloween, Friday the 13th and Halloween, those two are more serious. They're more business. Jason and Michael, they they ask well, they don't even talk, so they ask no questions. They go there, they kill, and then they go about their business and kill kill somebody else, pretty much. Chucky right. and Friday, they kind of play around with you, toy with you, joke around, and they end up killing you. Well, and I and I think you know when when there's comedy or humor involved in in a script or something, that's gonna be that's going to be handled by the casting. Yes. And and I think a good example of that is Bill Paxton in Aliens. You know, his character, uh, Hicks, who, um, he played Hicks, right? Was it Hicks? I'm not, I'm not too familiar with the franchise. No. Anyway, you know, he, the way he played it serious, but because of his character, the way his character was, there was humor in the way he presented his lines. It okay. wasn't forced to be funny. Yes. It's just his character, you you laughed because of his fear and and what was going on in in the the story in the movie itself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the way it has to be played out. Sure, we we all you know want something to laugh because it, it makes it entertaining. We're it's a movie. Yeah, we yeah. We want to be entertained. And with with comedy it's it's such a touchy area it's it's hard to do and to do well especially if you're just doing a comedy film so you have to just you know let let the character show the humor not be funny it's hard to explain no, but i i, 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 I get what you mean is too much in in the new remake was was forced yes yes as far as the humor goes i get what you mean like it wasn't natural it wasn't natural it was like okay look at this point i need you to say this with this face looking at this angle and do this kind of smirk versus mm-hmm. look this is this is the line just make it yours pretty much i mean i've never been on set i've never directed but i just feel well i get what you're saying and i feel like it was forced in the friday the, thir- the new friday the 13th movie with the little bit of comedy they had in it Versus some of the older movies was just like, hey, 
here's a goofy part, just make it yours. Like, I remember, uh, what was it, part, I mean, was it the original? When they are getting the camp together, the guy was dressed up, he had the Indian chief thing on, he's jumping around making noise, stuff like that. That worked for that movie, that was funny. Or, right, during that time period. Crispin Glover's amazing dance moves. That, <laughs> that was, that was perfect, that worked. Yeah, that was a great example, and, and those are, those are iconic moments as well, because... Yes. That's, those are the things that we think about when we think of those films. We, we think about Crispin Glover mm-hmm. and his, his – those moments were absolutely brilliant, you know. And, and those aren't – you know, a lot of that stuff is on the day when, you, when you're shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, I don't – nobody knew he was going to start doing that. That wasn't planned. Those, no. were, those were great moments that a good performance delivers. And I'm glad – yeah, I'm glad and they kept looked, it in the movie. Yeah, oh no, it was great, and that is a testament to probably why Crispin Glover is where he is today, mm-hmm. because he was able to deliver that kind of stuff. And that, and those are the things that you can't write everything to a T. Mm-hmm. The good stuff isn't planned. Makes that makes plenty of sense. <clears throat> it's you know you got to improvise sometimes. Yeah, and that that amazing dancing was. <laughs> I hope nobody. I hope nobody wrote that. Like, yo, listen, I need you to dance like this. I hope that was. I'm sure that was all him. That had to be all him because I've never seen those moves again. Yeah, <laughs> no, that was uh, that's some good stuff right there. So and even even te- oh. Teddy with with uh, the computer stuff. You know, oh that's, yes, that's just dead fuck. You know, it's how it's performed, and those are those are hilarious moments for me. You know, I love that stuff. Yes, yes. The computer don't lie. Yes. The dead fuck, yeah. Oh man, that was awesome. I forgot all about that. That was a good. That was another good one. Man, I can, that makes me want to watch these movies now. <laughs> the old ones again. But I don't like. I don't want to sit here and bash on the the new one because I felt like it was just. It was good. It was fun. It could have been a lot better, but it mm-hmm. it was better than Nightmare on Elm Street remake. I can say that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and that's you know. It doesn't matter because when you're hardcore fans of this, oh yeah, that's we're we're starving. We'll you know we'll take the breadcrumbs. We'll mm-hmm. take what we can get, and and that's you know I think what's great about all these fan films coming out is it gives us something. You see, you know it's it, oh. it's something to feed us until they figure it out, you know, and make make something happen. And that's what I respect about the fan films. What you just said there, but. You're getting it from the fans' perspective, which I just love because it's like you're not getting it from the big money, the big wigs, quote unquote Hollywood. Say some of the people that don't care as much are just doing it to sell tickets. You're getting it from somebody who grew up watching these movies and like, hey, why don't I just try to do my own, my own movie of Friday the Thirteenth or any other horror, you know, any other horror movie? And so far, the ones that I've seen, I enjoyed every single one of them. And I cannot wait to see your guys' movies. I know it's going to be another awesome fan-made film, and it's going to, I'm excited well, I, for it. I think it's about taking the old formula and burning it mm-hmm. and taking a new look at how can we – I mean, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. You know, that's the one thing that we, we're not trying to do. We're just trying to figure out an alternate way to tell the story. Yeah. How do we get people into Camp Crystal Lake – without using the typical theme. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's what a lot of 
things are, are doing with fan films is um, trying to find a way to, like, uh, an example that I always like to use is the film Predator. Mm-hmm. That movie was great without the alien. Mm-hmm. And the alien was the icing on the cake. Um, obviously, they had to make most of that film because they changed, you know, from the Van Damme alien version to the Kevin Peter Hall version with Stan Winston doing the effects and everything. But they had a lot of that film shot and edited. And you can, you can kind of see that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that movie got us hooked just as it was without the, the alien. And I think that's, that's, that shows a, a great movie when you can get attached to it without focusing my movies about a monster yeah or my movies about this alien well most of you didn't even know it was about an alien until you watched the film good point and that and that's that's the brilliance of, of films like that is is you didn't you know even like from dust till dawn i mean mm-hmm. i was hooked on just following the gecko brothers getting over the border to mexico mm-hmm. i was having a great time in that film and then you know got to this whole vampire thing but those types of films, if you can get hooked and fall in love with the characters from the beginning, I think I think you can you can tell a good story that way. I agree. And then back to your film, I like how you were saying you you got doing you're still having that Camp Crystal Lake, but you're doing a different take as how the people are getting there. They're not just going there to party and drink and for you know every single Friday the Thirteenth movie for right. the most part. Which I think it's I just, what I love about it is you guys aren't taking. You're not taking it away from the camp where Jason's killing. You're still bringing it to the camp where he's doing his his business. And right. I, I and love one, that. One of the things that, you know, I, I, we're touching on that really has been maybe thought of but not Put delved out. on as much is that we're, you know, we're with the resurrection of Pam um, bringing back his mother. Ooh. Uh, that's something that, you know, I think – I think has been needed to be done right. Yes. Um, because that's, in in essence, that's why we are where we are now with, with Jason and, and Friday the 13th, because it started off with his mother. Yes. And, and so we wanted to touch on that. And by, you know, by resurrecting Pamela, almost looking scarier than, than Jason... I think that's going to be a huge, huge game changer for for what we're doing. Which that yeah, that's going to be great. I <laughs> like I said, I I cannot wait for this this awesome amazing film to come out and watch it. Now, um, it might be too soon to answer this question, but for those of us that weren't lucky enough to be able to back it in time, are you guys going to have Blu-rays, you know, to sell again like after the fact or? Well, right right now early, the so. campaign, even though it. It's officially ended, but it's in demand, so you can still go on there and get Blu-rays. Okay. Um, as of now, um, I'm not sure when we're going to officially cut it off, and it's one of those things where we'll we'll look at it and see if it's something, you know, we can we can do at a, at a later time. It's uh, obviously there may be a change. I mean, we've sold close to 500 now. Oh, that's awesome. Um, through the campaign, so and that's. That's pretty cool, considering the fact that people haven't even seen the film yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's a, a bit of uh, a, a trust issue 
with backers and, and your film at this point. So, you know, that's one of the things we're really working hard and, and want to do this right. But uh, I think we'll probably do a second run once it launches. It'll probably be a little different okay. as far as the incarnation, unless we buy uh, a, a bigger stock and have back, you know, mm-hmm. left over, and then we'll do a second run if, if need be. But, but yeah, you know, it's, those are things that are up in the air. But as of now, the campaign is still live. So if anybody wants to get in on one now, they can. Good to know. And I say that because, again, I told you I was recording with one of my good friends right before we started recording. And he was, he was like, I didn't even back this one yet. So I can let him know the campaign's still running, and he can still get the Blu-ray. Because he's another big, big, huge horror collector, movies and all that. And as I said earlier, we really try to support the independent horror movies. Because I feel, I feel like you guys are like the backbone of horror. And it's in a way, and without you guys, there's not going to be all the other stuff with horror. And I say that because everybody starts from indie. Everybody start, you know what I mean? Not every nobody. If everybody started in Hollywood, we would all be in Hollywood, but we're not. So you get you have to, you know, you guys are going to do something great, work your way up, and go from there. But it's like you got to, you guys are starting from somewhere, and you guys are like the backbone, which keeps this going. And then you guys have another awesome thing about you guys with the independent film directors and all that is you have fresh ideas which is especially in horror <laughs> it's needed like i love don't get me wrong i love all the old ideas i love the slashers and all the campiness of it but i also love when somebody has a, even if it's a slasher a fresh idea for this slasher i'm like okay this is this is cool so they're coming to this is why they're coming to Karen crystal lake because they're trying to get away from this or do this and this is why they're doing that instead of okay let's just go to this camp we heard people got killed here, but let's go here anyways and hang out. <laughs> right. Nothing's going to happen. Well, and that's, you know, we wanted to take, you know, the a lot of the tones that sat with Friday 13th and me were, it's building up to that uh, mentally. If you mm-hmm. have a mental uh, scare, and that, that was always old Ralph with, place has a death curse oh man you know and and that's one of the things that you know we want to have a little bit of that feel and and recognize is that the place is cursed and that when you get to that area um which you'll see um you'll feel that in the film that this isn't a place you want to you want to get you want to cross that line into Mm -hmm. adventure this is this is it has that that aura around it, that cursed aura where, and everybody in the, you know, that goes there that is aware of it knows and feels it that mm, maybe, you know, this isn't a good idea. Yep. This probably isn't a place we want to be. So. Yeah. Agreed. And that's, you know, you know, and like you were saying with independent horror as well, I mean, look at how this all came about with Victor Miller and Sean Cunningham and whatnot. They needed to, do a horror film and that being independent filmmakers look how i mean yes obviously it was successful in in a huge way but they horror has for the most part uh the best i think platform for independent filmmakers oh i agree as a whole because the genre is so open it's it's creative it's fun um you can take the story anywhere. Yes. And you're not stuck to a certain a certain criteria. And, and I think 
that is what is great about, you know, you can go to horror film festivals and whatnot, and you can see so many different ideas out there that have spawned just from the horror genre alone. That right there is, I never even thought about it, but that's really, really true. Horror, now I could be wrong, but horror is like the only genre that I've really seen a lot of independent films from. I'm not saying it's the only one, because I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's definitely the most, it definitely has the most independent films, I would say. To the point where people just, there's, I'm sure there's fans out there that just look forward to just, they don't even care about the big releases. It's just like, look, I, I want just these indie films. It's all I care about, which I think is just, it's awesome. And I just, I can't say it enough how much I love these films and how fun they are. Well, I remember scanning on YouTube when I was kind of messing around. I was looking up, I wanted to do a zombie film at one time. And I was searching zombie short films Mm -hmm. on YouTube. And I found this one where these little kids made this movie. And they had their Nerf guns and everything. And it was a zombie film where they were, you know you know their sister or their brother was playing a zombie and they were shooting them and these kids were some of those kids were just absolutely hilarious and I, bet. I, I was i was dying i mean this this one kid i think he got bit by a zombie and he was on the ground dying and and he was just playing it up just acting it up and i think he i think his line was he goes before he died he goes tell my wife i loved her and just <laughs> It was the funniest thing. That's awesome. And but, but yeah, I mean, you can nowadays you can take a camera, you can take your cell phone and go make a movie and and you know get some ketchup or or chocolate syrup and and make a horror film. You're right. You know, get get a get a plastic sword or whatever and go go kill your sister with, and put some fake blood on it or whatever it is. So that's true. That's what we can do these days. This is what we have the opportunity to do. And you know anybody who who gets off the couch and, and does it bravo to you i don't i don't care how expensive or how inexpensive it is if you get out and you start shooting good for you yeah you know, just, get out and do it exactly it's just an idea you have an idea just put that idea out there you know put it show it to the world you never know i'll say this you never know who's going to see that idea and say hey let me get in contact with these guys and help them out with a little backing and budget and see where they can really really take this they I'm not saying it's going to happen, but right. it's not. I'll say this. It's not going to happen if you don't do it. There's no way people are going to be like, okay, well, this, I, this guy looks like he has a great idea. Let me just let me give him some money and back him because I think he has a great idea versus you putting your vision out there and like, hey, look, I know the budget was low, but I see what they were trying to do with this. I would love to see what they can do with a budget this big. Right. And that's the, the thing about it that's so great is that we have an opportunity with the cost effectiveness of digital cameras now and mm-hmm. and the way things are done these days, we can still make a great looking film on a lower budget like this. Very true. Very, very, very true. Now, are you going to do any other films after this Friday the 13th film? Like, are you going to do, any, let me, let me ask a better question. Are you going to do any other horror icons? Would you be open to doing? Um, I have no idea. You just never know. You got, you know, it's one of those things where you just—it's a lot of work. It yeah. takes, you know, you, I've been, you know, we've been working on this for a couple years now. Just from the incarnation of it to mm-hmm. calling my buddy Carl, on, who's, you know, director of photography, like, hey, you want to make a Friday Thirteenth film? Well, yeah. Okay. What are we doing? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Let's 
let's work on it. And then, you know, I talked to my friend Robert Blanche from Grimm, and he's like, well, yeah, we'll start writing, let's put this together, and you, you bounce ideas, and it takes time, and eventually it happens. And I will say if I ever did, like, another fan film, it'd be, a, you know, either like a Predator film or um, I, I've always loved They Live. Okay. John Carpenter. I've always loved that. And to do like my own version of the aliens invading the Obey and and all that and finding a different Rowdy Roddy Piper to fill the gap, I think hmm. that'd be fun. Nice. That's awesome. Okay. Here's another one. And this one's going to be tougher to answer because I know you don't want to give out any spoilers. Will there be a sequel? That's a great question. <laughs> um, honestly, that's going to depend on the fans, on, on how it's received. You know, if, if it's received well and people love it and and they're, you know, I, I especially with working with uh, Vincent, Vincent DeSanti from Never Hike Alone, mm-hmm. um, I know he's getting ready for, you know, he's doing working on Never Hike Alone too. But um, it's one of those things where you just, you don't know. Yeah, you know, if if it's if it's received well and and you get a a reaction for it, I, I don't see why, you know, we wouldn't want to do it. It'd be great, you know, if if we can, you know, because there's a lot of ideas that we've come up with that may not be in this version, this story, but mm-hmm. could work for the next. You know what okay. I mean? So yeah, you never know. You never know. That's awesome. That's really awesome. And that sounds like it's up to us fans to. Check out this movie. I know it's going to be great, and we can get a sequel. We want more. more we want more Jason. We keep saying we want more Jason. Only way we're getting more Jason is if we support these independent artists. So keep doing yes. that. Support us. And I just, oh man, I feel. I'll say this too. When you guys, when the movie does come out, or when it's about to come out, give me a heads up. I'll share it as much as I can. And when the movie's actually out, I'll share the YouTube link and. Uh, yeah, I want to see this bad, too. I might even watch it. Obviously, I'm going to watch it. Let me. Refer- <laughs> I might even watch it live, like, as far as try to do, like, a Facebook Live and watch it so, you can see, so people can see my reaction as I'm watching it and hear my reaction as I'm watching it. I might try to maybe on a second watch because the first watch, I got to just have peace and quiet and just shut up in. and dive in <laughs> and really see it. And then after that, my second watch, maybe first watch would be fun, but definitely second watch. Just watch it and record. You know, kind of like this, but for more people to be able to see it. Awesome. And That'd be great. I just, I'm so excited for it. Because I, I love, like I said, I love horror. Jason's definitely my favorite, hands down. I think he's the best. And I wish you guys the best of luck. I think it's going to be great. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, we're just, you know, I'm a fan too. So we just, we're trying to just make the best thing for everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. We're not saying we're going to make the best film ever. We're just saying we're going to make the best that we're able to do and not only just make a good Friday 13th film but make a good film in general yes which is important and again it's coming from a, a, a true horror fan's perspective and a true Friday 13th fan fan's perspective of how this movie should be so certain things that maybe you guys wanted to see in some movies say if a, if a big you know if Hollywood or whoever got their things together Victor Miller and with Sean Cunningham, if they got their stuff together and they're like, hey, this is what we would want to see you guys do. Right. And and, I, and that's it. Is if, if Even if the, somebody there says, hey, you know, I loved 
whatever Heike alone did. I, I loved what Jason Rising did. I love, you know, what Voorhees did or yeah. any of those saying, hey, I, I like some of this stuff. That's that's a win. Yeah. Know? Oh, I agree. And we, we achieved something that none of us ever would have thought that we could achieve with these things, that the, the fans do speak and they do listen. So... Okay. It's important. It's important that, you know, we get these things out and we do the best that we can because I, I, I had this conversation with the other day and and I know that if if one of us doesn't do well, then we all fail. Yes. You know, and it, it's it's important that we all, uh, you know, show support and because these are hard. These are not easy to do. You know, we're not going out in the backyard with the, you know, the, the cell phone and just putting our friends in a costume Mm -hmm. we're going out and we're doing a a production we're we're really creating a a full story of a film that people can sit down watch and hopefully feel like they're watching a friday 13th film again which is it's gonna happen it's gonna happen i feel i just feel nowadays like you were saying how i mean i know it's not cheap to do a movie but i know it's a lot cheaper so to speak Mm -hmm. and how the equipment is not again not cheap, but cheaper. It's e- it's easier to uh, to get these to get these things, and I just love how fans can actually do this on their own and just make an amazing movie, make from their perspective and their ideas or their team's ideas, and put it out there for us fans to watch. And nine times out of ten, we do love the independent films, and it's I love how they just keep coming and coming and coming, and I love how. A lot of people really do support these films and back these films and champion these films all the time, especially after the, especially after they're already out and they see it. Like I would tell people, especially when, like Never Hike Alone, I tell I would tell people all the time, you have to check this film out. It's on YouTube. You have no reason not to watch it on YouTube for free, and it's really good. It was shot really well, and I'll be doing the same thing for you guys as soon as it comes out. Hey, listen, this movie was awesome. Go see it. Stop what you're doing. Turn that game off. Watch this. That's right. Turn off the game and watch watch our movie. <laughs> exactly. Turn off the game and watch the movie. And um, I guess we can kind of wrap up some. Is there anything you want to plug? Um, just you know, our Indiegogo campaign still live, so you can go to Indiegogo and look at Jason Rising, and you know, if you want to snag snag a Blu-ray, you know, they're still up right now. Um, you can go to our website at JasonRising13.com or on Facebook. And stay informed. Awesome. And I will say this to you. I say this to all my guests. Um, whenever you get a chance, you can either, well, for you, you can either inbox me or email them to me. Send me your links you were just mentioning. And I'll, I have a page on my uh, my podcast website page. It's called, like, Cool Things to Check Out or Cool Pages to Check Out. And I'll post them on there so people can go in there and check out your guys' links. And I'll do the same thing when the movie comes out. I'll post a YouTube link down there. And, hey, man, thanks again for coming on. I greatly appreciate awesome. it. No, thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. And when it when it comes closer, I would like to do so. I would like to work with you again when it comes closer as far as having you on. And even when after it's already out, possibly do something again. Absolutely. Because this, this was definitely fun. And maybe we can even break down or review a Friday the 13th movie together if hey, you want. Hey, that'd be fun, too. That's a good idea. I like it. But, uh, yeah, so, I again, thank you for checking it out. Um, everybody check check him out. And uh, you guys know where you can find me. I'm on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, Horror Research 30 for all that. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, 